at Swansea City. Is that Swansea? What? No. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I can't be like, they can't be no. that weird. I know, I know they say things strange, like, like we, I learned about jelly. I learned about jelly this week. You know how it's not the same, right? Yeah. It's got to be Swansea. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons. This is Sam. Pod on You Loons. This is James. How are we, guys? Draft day. Something happened, guys. We have new people to talk about. Like legitimately, like like the 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 Twitter account put these people out. Like we know that they're members of our team, right? It's not just random, you know, translated Twitter accounts where we're trying to get information from, right? Like legitimate people on our team. They seem real to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it took long enough, but we've we finally added some new people to our team. So before we get going. So I've been thinking about our friend Doomsday Jeremy all day because it's draft day and Jeremy has a fantasy football podcast, the My Franchise Fantasy Football Podcast. And I was listening to one of his episodes. I forget if it was leading up to his fantasy football draft or the NFL draft, but he was, I guess, the way he was pronouncing draft, it sounded like giraffe. And his co-hosts have been making fun of him about draft day ever since. And now the fantasy football league I'm in with him, they call it draft day. It's not called draft day. (laughs) It's called draft day. And they actually try to hold it. Um, There's a day in the middle of the summer called international draft day and they hold it on draft day. So shout out to doomsday, Jeremy guys. It is draft day MLS super draft day. Good to be back. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Mate, it was uh, my first draft. It was uh, an interesting experience. Definitely took a lot longer than I thought it would. Like, I thought you had to pick within three minutes, but everyone kind of like the three-minute timer went up and then there was another like minute and then people started doing things. Yeah, it's like when you play code names and you have that stupid hourglass, but no one ever finishes by the time the hourglass is up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the NFL draft is similar, right? Like, they always take way longer. Like, the pick is always in, and then they have to do the theatrics of the person announcing it. Like, I mean... Dude, the yeah. Vikings did that, like, once, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it happens every time. They do, like, da-da-din-din-din. And then it's like, let's go, let's go to Roger Goodell at the podium. And then he saunters up, right? Like, that's that's essentially what they were doing just through Zoom calls. What was it? There was one team... Where their their Zoom call wasn't working, and the guy like on the other end was so mad the whole time. Do you, did you see that, James? And they were just I like, "Well, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was like FC Dallas or something, maybe." Where like they had like Zoom difficulties, so that was funny. Like I I just didn't understand that every time a club made a pick, there was like uh, there was like like intro video. So there's like like that awkward part in the first round where we had like back to back intro videos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the rock. Touch the yeah, rock. Touch the rock. rock. Renoso banging goal in. Like, <laughs> which is like mildly awkward intro. What I enjoyed about that video was all this like sadness that I'm sharing with you guys in our group chat about how I'm upset that they haven't done anything yet. But then I'm reminded that, oh, we have Emmanuel Reynoso on our team. So everything's okay. <laughs> oh, it's fine. He just needs people to kick the ball to. We just got to find people for him to kick the ball towards, and we're going to be fine. Yeah. Wait, 
he kicks the ball to them or the people kick the ball to him? Yeah, but then he kicks it. He's the he's the assister, right? He's the guy that gives everybody else. He's he hooks everybody else up. Right? Yeah, we already have Robin Hood. Like we're good. <laughs> well, hey, we're gonna talk a lot about the draft. Oh my god, now I'm doing it. Thank ah, you. We're gonna him. talk a lot. <laughs> I didn't mean frog to do that, protection. We're gonna talk all about the draft in just a little bit. We do have some old news that we have to go over because. I, I know we attract a diverse audience of listeners. We have the people that more or less get all of their Minnesota United news from this podcast. Uh, on the other hand, we have the people that are right there with us, translating Spanish language, Twitter sources, uh, trying to figure out who's coming to the team. So we got to cater to both audiences. So let's just kind of quickly go over some old news. Then we have a little bit of new news and then we'll get to draft day. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, there's nothing like releasing podcasts and then having news come out the day after. So now it's old news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, so our last podcast came out about two and a half, three weeks ago. And I think it's still pretty relevant. Go check it out. And go check out our EPL special while you're at it, because we recorded that one specially so that it, it would have a long shelf life. But a lot of this old news came out almost immediately after we've released our first podcast in like a month. So let's start off a sad one. Kevin Molino is gone. Columbus matched the salary that we were going to offer him, but they gave him three guaranteed years. We probably didn't offer him three guaranteed years. I get it. He's older. Uh, he's had some injuries. You got to make that cash while you can. We wish you the best of luck, Kevin Molino. I won't boo you. <laughs> Sam, you got to make sure our podcast is up to date with your notes, man. Uh, your next one is incorrect. Like, it's official. Like, it's all over yeah. Twitter, man. He gone. That's true. Yeah. So the, the next topic is Luisa Maria. I had wrote in our notes that he is probably gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Mr. 25 goals is not going to score 25 goals for us. Nope. He went on... Uh... Paraguayan radio, I believe it was, and announced that he was moving. So that's definitely dead from the man himself. Luis Amaria, we barely knew you, and the curse of the number nine lives on. I mean, I, I think that it's a, it's a great natural transition to the era of Foster Langsdorf being the striker of this team. I mean, all, all he has to do is be able to receive passes from Emil Reynoso, and he's going to score 20 goals or something like that, right? Foster Langsdorf, if you're listening, I got big hopes for you, bud. <laughs> if Foster Langsdorf even scores like 13 goals next season, I would be happy. If he scores a goal. A goal. <laughs> Such a low bar for our only striker. Well, we got two now, but the only one with MLS experience. Kind of MLS experience, right? Kind of. All right. Kind of. A little bit. Next on the list, Will Trap. It's official. The 27-year-old number six with 20 U.S. Men's National Team caps. In the previous episode, we said it was probably going to happen. And then it might have even literally <laughs> happened day off, right? before I published the episode. He was official. <laughs> um, uh, Sam was in a hizzy. Listen, yeah. <laughs> Sam was in a hizzy. <laughs> The WhatsApp just blowing up like, damn it. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say the Twitter game around Will Trap 
was strong. There was like, it's a trap, goodwill hunting. Like there was so many just good references that were flying around Minnesota Twitter. I appreciated that. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do. I don't know a lot of wills with one L, by the way, though. That's that's the part that's kind of interesting for me. Well, I like- you know the only one that matters, so. <laughs> oh, speaking, speaking of number six, right? Because that's what he is. He's going to be our number six. So, Ozzy, do we know? Do we have any news on Ozzy at all? Uh, just that the team is trying to work something out with him. He won't be like the guy, but they would like him to be a rotation player. And Adrian Heath has made some comments about wanting him to stay in the Minnesota United picture for even after his playing days. So, I don't know if that means that the team sees him in like a coaching role or some some type of front office role. I guess I don't really know what his goals are post uh, post uh, his playing days, but it sounds like the team is trying to keep him in the picture, just not as the featured number six. Maybe still wearing the number six, but having someone like Will Trap be be in that optimal starting eleven. Yeah, and to be honest, there's no news like on Google or anything. Because I know that he had a he had a contract option and it was like the day after the season was over that they had to like make a decision on. And we haven't even heard anything about that. So, I mean, I, I guess like that's just par for the course though. Like as we figured out as being fans of MLS that like the money and the contract situations are completely just unknown to us. They just keep telling us about these these 50,000 50, in GAM and TAM, that's all I hear is, oh boy, 50 more GAM in that trade. Like, even like the trades today. Like, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but it, I don't, it doesn't add up, guys. Like, I don't understand this money. Like, how does this money work? We have a whole episode, uh, episode about it, Sam, and I don't even know what the heck is going on. <laughs> you get 50 GAM at a time, and once you save up to like, Three or four hundred gam, you can turn it in for a coupon for a free back rub. <laughs> I was going to say this sounds like reward systems in our schools, Sam. It sounds like <laughs> this: like be good in class, and we're going to give you these pieces of paper that you can it's trade in. <laughs> You'll get a Lisa Frank pencil. It's going to be great. Here's a folder like, with a cat on it. This is like air miles. This is basically just air miles from trading place, like. Swipe the card, get more, get more gam. Here, here is a fun bit of news: is that Hassani Dotson called up to the U.S. Men's National Team U23 camp, which is cool because that leads to the possibility that he could be on the very limited Olympic roster. And I think that the Olympic roster would be perfect for Hassani Dotson because you can't bring too many people with you to the Olympics. So having someone as versatile as Asani Dotson able to play multiple positions, that could be a huge asset to the U.S. men's national team. So go kick some ass, Asani. I got two things here. Firstly, Hassani is a really nice guy, even though he's a Chelsea fan. Uh, we've been like, we've been Instagramming a little bit uh, since he posted a picture of like Arsenal versus Chelsea. And then I asked him who he supported. <sighs> Fortunately, it was Chelsea. But he's a really nice guy. He was very excited to uh, start the season. I did read today, though, in the news that apparently Tokyo has kind of, and this is a little slightly off topic, but Tokyo has apparently decided that the Olympics is like dead to them this year. 
and it's probably wild. not going to happen at all. Hmm. Well, I mean, so like you learn, you learn, you know, because there's been a couple of times where like this, the United States has even in re- recent history considered like going for the Olympics and it, you don't really make money off of it. Right. Like there's all this infrastructure, you put all this stuff in place. But, you know, like so I can understand the logic of being like this isn't going to make money. Why do it? But like it's insane because they have to have created all of this, all of these stadiums. They have everything. They have to have everything ready to go at this point. And they're just going to be like. Nah, no fans. We're not doing it, right? Is that what it is, or what's the? I don't even. It might not even be fans. It might just be simply bringing all of these people from all of these places overseas. Might just be too much of a risk for them, which, as an athlete, just sucks. Right? You spend all these years training. It gets put back a year. So this is like this is a disconnect. So like Japan is kind of at the moment basically saying we don't want to do it. But that's not like what the Olympic Committee, like the official. So there's still like the will they, won't they thing. But apparently Japan has already decided that they don't want to do it. And they're kind of focusing for future Olympics when they can host them. That is wow. wild. That is wild. Yeah, that was like halfway through today, this afternoon sometime, which is just <laughs> it's just wild. Like just no Olympics this year. Like, meh. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Why, why are you making our podcast suck, James? <laughs> you're supposed to bring in the listens, James. Now you're bringing us Breaking down. <laughs> it's hot, hot, hot off the press. Hot takes. Hot takes. Speaking of hot takes, though. All right. Collective bargaining. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is relatively old news, though we keep hearing more about it. This is not a story that's died down. We talked in the last episode several weeks ago about the MLS owners activating the force majeure clause of the current collective bargaining agreement. They cited their billion dollar losses as reason, you know, as the force majeure to go back and renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement and their proposal. So the MLS proposal is that no player salaries will be cut but the current collective bargaining agreement will be extended through 2027. And I, I got to be honest, and I part of this take I took from Total Soccer Show, I think, is where they first presented this take. So it's not necessarily my hot take, but I 100% see it that way. Is what a brilliant move by the MLS, because how many current players in the MLS are still going to be in the league in 2027. Very few. They want to get paid now. So if I'm a current player being told, hey, just be okay with this and your salary won't be cut at all. It's just negotiating the next collective bargaining agreement. The MLS now gets to rework some of their TV deals. They get to bring in all the revenue, increased revenue that's going to come with the World Cup bump, right? They don't have to worry about another collective bargaining agreement until 2027. So if you're an owner, that's brilliant. If you're a player, like, why wouldn't you take it? It just screws over the people that are coming up. And you got to admit, like, the, the the really, like, not very subtle dig at the players' union uh, by the commissioner as well. And he's like, yeah, man, we, you know, we gave our offer two weeks ago. It's not us. <laughs> I like that that Twitter yeah. post where it's like, hey, 
We're trying. We're Henry trying, does. guys. I mean, I agree. I think, yeah, if you're like a player who's just like all these guys who just got drafted today, this is probably not exciting news for you, um, to be honest. But yeah, like you say, if you're like late 20s already, 30s, you're probably you're probably enjoying life right now. You want yours now. You want to make your money now. And like I was texting you guys, both my wife yeah. and I are due raises right now. And both my wife and I have been told we have to wait. And we're fine with that. A lot of people, right? A lot of people around this country, around the world, are like their their careers and their salaries have hit a halt. Uh, some even worse. Some of them, some some people have lost their jobs. Some people have had to take take pay cuts. Like, I don't know. It's easy to be mad at billionaires, right? It's easy to be mad at billionaires, but when it comes down to it, we're not allowed to tell billionaires what they have to do. I don't know. It's tough. People are in a hizzy about it. I get it. <laughs> I'm not sure there's like a win situation here. Like no one's ever going to be happy with either side. You know, if you like, if you force majeure the clause, then you might not even get football this year. But if you do it this way and you're stuck into 2027, well, people aren't going to like that either. So, you know, and with the MLS losing so much money, are we even going to have a normal season this year? Who knows? We'll get to that in a little bit, but. I mean, it might be the best option at the moment, but it's definitely not one everyone's happy with, I think. All right. Here's a little bit of new news. I don't know if this is news. It's more of a rumor. Andres Ibargan from Club America, probably heard of it. One of the biggest teams in Mexico, right out of Mexico City. Rumored, right? Rumored to possibly be on his way to Minnesota United. Conflicting reports. Actually, we have two pretty reputable sources telling us he's either coming or he's not going to be coming. And I don't know who to believe. But it is exciting because he previously won Copa Libertadores with Atletico Nacional in Colombia. And he's only 28 right now. He will be 29 in May. He's right in that age range of where a lot of the rest of our players are in. So he fits perfectly into this window we have where we're trying to compete for an MLS Cup. And he'd be playing in Molino's old spot on the left wing, which is pretty exciting. And but Sam, Sam, what yeah. people want to know, though, and this is the Justin, the Justin hard-hitting information. He is a 71 on FIFA. He has 91 speed. Uh, so 71's pretty okay for MLS. That's that's going to be one of your best players. 91 speed is real nice, so I like that. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that he has a real face in the game, and like not very many players get real faces. So you know he's legit, Sam, if they've got his face in this game. I mean, he's capped for Colombia, you know? That's legit. Yeah, I think it was like one cap, though. Still counts. Yeah, Counts, great. man. <laughs> right. Still counts. But like I said, conflicting reports. Our own Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press says these rumors are unsubstantiated. But then a few days later, a Mexican news outlet, Record, says that negotiations have already started between Minnesota United and Club America, which Club America, Minnesota United, has a relationship with them prior for negotiating transfers because that's where we got Darwin Quintero from. I, I should note, Friend of the show, Omar of Labara 608, the Ford Madison supporters group. He is a big Club America fan. And I asked him about this website. I was like, is this legit? 
And he said, yes, this website is legit. He does use them for news and that they're usually correct. So I don't know, right? Because Andy Greater, also very legit, also is usually right. So in fact, I can't think of a time that Andy Greeter was ever not right. I don't know. He might be on his way. He might not. Probably a TAM signing. Probably not a DP. And I think that that's part of what's slowing it down is I don't think Minnesota United sees him as someone worthy of a DP spot. But I think he's making slightly more in Mexico than he can make on a TAM contract in the MLS. So it'll be interesting. Do we know how much TAM we have to spend on him? I think we have all the TAM in the world. (laughs) (laughs) All the TAM we need. Excellent. I mean, we we for sure have to have all the TAM that we were going to spend on Kevin Molino, right? True. It seems like we... I know we have Will Trap. It seems like the news on the signings is coming in a little bit slow. Is it actually coming in slow or or are we just so starved for news that it feels like it's coming in slow? So I don't know. Can we provide a little context on what time of the year our signings have come in in the past? Yeah, we, uh, you know, I think I don't think it's helped by the fact that it's COVID specifically at the moment. That's probably slowing a lot of things down because I know that you know, you can't really do a lot of tape, like you said earlier, right? Like we can't look at many seasons. We can't bring players and try them out like there's So that's obviously going to slow things down. But I mean, if we look back at like, if we go back to all the way back to 2019, oh, what a world. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we signed, you know, young Gregush, Ozzy Alonso, Roman Metinair, Ike Para. They were all January. So 1st of January, 10th, 25th, 28th, we signed Vito Minone February 10. So that was, you know, spread out over January and into February already. And then you look at 2020, Tyler Miller was Jan 16. Uh, Luis Amaria was Jan 28. You know, I think we're kind of right in the middle of when we would sign people anyway. You know, if we look back, we've signed, we would have signed three out of the seven people by now that we've signed. So we're not even halfway through the normal window that we sign people. Yeah. And we do have Will Trap. We can't forget that. We do have Will Trap. We just don't have a striker (laughs) other than Foster Langstorff. You take that back. (laughs) I I mean, I I guess like from my, from my perspective, I think COVID is a big part of this. I also think the collective bargaining agreement thing is huge. I know as a fan of uh, baseball, they are experiencing a very slow um, offseason as well, where like the best free agents are still available right now. And we're like a month away from spring training when it's supposed to start. But they also don't know when their season's going to start. Similarly to MLS, right? They don't know if they're going to start on time. Like, obviously, that's the hope. So I think that I think that the resolution with the CBA that probably is a big part of it. Having a time schedule is going to be super important as well. I, I guess like, and I I'm the one in the group chat that was sitting there complaining all the time about how we didn't have anyone. But I think that if we go like two more weeks and we don't have any progress on a striker, I think I'm going to start to get a little bit more nervous. So, <laughs> but I'm sure at some point we know Kai Kamara is still out there, right? Like nobody signed him yet, so. <laughs> 
I, I get what you mean. Like at the time, at the moment, as a player, do you want to sign a contract when the the collective bargaining agreement is like so up in the air with like both sides basically not have signed it yet and kind of putting each other on the spot about whether it's good enough or not. Right. And what we learned, like um, the max salary you can get in the MLS if you're not a DP is like $600,000. I mean, I know I just follow others. I mean, $600,000 is a lot of money. I would gladly take that. I would love that 100%, right? But comparing it to like other American sports or even the DPs for that matter, or just even like European soccer, like they make way more than 600K a year, right? These players, these top players, right? So if you have the ability to wait that out, if you're like, you're this guy from whatever, this guy from Mexico or just a, a just a good player that knows that you're not going to get that DP slot, that you're not, you're not going to get whatever that, what accent was that? Uh, you're not going to get that <laughs> DP slot. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe it is good to wait it out a little bit and see if things change. Too much time in Arizona. That's what it was. <laughs> I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers, who makes like 78 million guaranteed in four years, and you're just, you know, what do you do as an MLS player? <laughs> like that, that shocked me when I found out that the most that Kevin Molino could make was that. And that's like the veteran minimum in the NFL. Like, so if you're in the NFL and you've been playing for a little bit, you're going to make more than that. Like, if you're like the worst guy on the team. I think the big difference, though, is the NFL is the best league in the world for american football the mls is just the best league in the country not even the best league in the continent for <laughs> it's no canadian premier league right like i thought if you're talking now, about that I, league what was that quifa quifa was that the one you were talking about i don't know what the name of it was what was the... <laughs> that's that's not what that is <laughs> what was the usl2 thing you were talking about oh nisa yeah James was talking about a Division Three league called NISA. That oh, sorry, not not, not Quifa. No, great name though. If they if they if they called it that, I'd be down. You better rush and claim that claim that name for a league right now. Like, figure out what the acronym is going to be. Um, <laughs> the F is probably football, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> the A is probably association. Just figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to probably publish this. So it's 7.24. I'm going to probably publish it sometime around 10 o'clock. Just get it all done before then, Justin. You, you, yeah. probably, don't want to make, you probably don't want to make the title of the show Queefa. I think that, that we might get it. <laughs> the Queefa League. I, I will not. Okay. No, it'll probably be Giraffe Day. Giraffe Day. <laughs> uh, we love you, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man. But having said that, we also have a history of mid-season signings, which is why we shouldn't be overly worried, Justin. I yeah, but I want, I want talent that. now, James. I don't want to wait. I don't want Reynoso watch. I don't need to follow <laughs> Boca Juniors in English, James. I don't want to. What else are you going to do, Justin? <laughs> but here's the deal about that, right? Like, So Darwin, Angelo, Lud, Reynoso, those were all high-profile mid-season signings. Um, Chacon's probably somewhere in there too. Well, I wouldn't say that we are slow on our signings quite yet. I know it feels that way. And I agree with Justin. If it goes a few more weeks without any news, um, I will definitely start getting anxious. But what if the delay is due to the fact that 
maybe the season is going to be delayed because while the league keeps telling us, oh, March is the start date, well, that's barely over a month away, right? Like the first like opening day is typically right at the start of March. And then there's preseason that happens before that. We haven't heard anything about that, right? We haven't heard anything. And the reason I bring this up is because the MLS is on a weird calendar compared to the rest of the world, where the MLS is in offseason right now. The rest of the world is playing. And buying players from teams when they're in the middle of their season, those teams are less willing to let those players go. If MLS teams have the hint that the season is going to start later, they may be waiting on signing other players that may be coming from other leagues because it's easier to get them when those leagues are over. So I know someone, okay, I I know someone and we'll keep this person anonymous, but this person does have some connections that I know of. And they're hearing that the, the MLS season might be delayed until May. They keep saying March, but there's the possibility it could be delayed up until May. I think it's pretty obvious it's going to be delayed a little bit. Yeah. So from a negotiation standpoint, wouldn't it make sense for MLS teams to be patient and try to get these players later when those other seasons are wrapping up? Something to think about. I agree. It was always one of those things in Football Manager. If you ever tried to do an MLS team, there was always this weird, like, you would never be able to sign any players at the start of the season because everyone else's transfer window had closed. (laughs) But in January, when it was the off-season, Europe would just, like, pick apart your teams because they could just take your players for the second half of their season. So if actually, if it's May, that's actually really good for MLS teams because most European leagues finish May. Yeah, and it's probably, yeah, we get, obviously, like, Jan Gregish came from a European league. Robin Lewd came from a European league. We get a lot of people from Latin American leagues as well. And But they're, but they're, in, they're in their transfer window right now, right? Isn't Europe? Like, you're, this is the January yeah. transfer window, right? So, like, this is, yeah, when they, should, this, is, this is when stuff should be happening. But then there's a June transfer window. Yeah, so, like, a couple of MLS players have already been poached by Europe. Jordan Morris, Swansea. Swansea City? Is that what it is? Hey, should we talk about draft day? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the draft. First, let me just throw this out to you guys. How would you describe the MLS Super Draft? Because as we said earlier in the show, some of our listeners are like hardcore in following Spanish language Twitter, trying to find out everything that's happening. Some of our listeners really get all their news from us. So... I think some of our listeners are going into this thinking like the MLS draft must be exactly as dramatic as the NFL draft. How would you describe it? Um, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously like it's not like I was, I was talking like it's, it's not, it doesn't have the pageantry that the NFL draft has. I mean, it really can't. And also I think that like, I mean, obviously it was a zoom draft, right? Like, that's what we've kind of yeah. experienced now, and that's how the NFL draft was. But you had the you had the videos of the kids in their living rooms with their families, so that was that was super cool. Awkward announcements from the the clubs that were making picks. What did you say that that the James were you the one that pointed out someone's like fullback Penn State University? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh man. So like I was watching this, and like so many of them were just like 
say a player's name. And then, who was it? Orlando. Orlando was like, Defender, Penn State, Brandon Hackenberg. And like, he was at like the NFL draft or something. And everyone else is just like stating a name, which is kind of awkward. And also, like, it wasn't even the same person for every club. So, like, some clubs had like their president, some had like the vice president of operations or something. We had like the people personnel manager or something. That's how the NFL does it, too. I mean, like the NFL, especially once you get to the later rounds, like NFL is like, let fans do it. Oh, yeah. I still remember Pat McAfee doing his one at, at uh, Tennessee. That was, that was just great. Cool. I think my big thing I would tell people going into the MLS draft is in the NFL, your first round pick, like you want them to hit and ideally you want them to contribute right away. And then like your later round picks, fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're you're cool with them being prospects and you're cool if they're not with the team long term. You're cool if they're not in the league long term, like you want them to work out. And there's definitely plenty of examples of them working out. Brady. Brady, but, you know, even like Adam Thielen, right? Like. Adam Thielen's an excellent example. Took him later in the draft, and he, he's been a star of the team for for years and one of the a star of the league for years. There's plenty of examples of later round picks in the NFL working out just fine, being stars, having long careers in the NFL. In the MLS draft, it feels like that tier of player starts pretty much immediately, because a lot of the best players, like the Emmanuel Reynosos of the world, you're you're finding elsewhere. You're not finding them from the draft. The best youth players in the United States, they're not necessarily going through the United States, the NCAA system and being drafted into the MLS. They're signing for academies and they're making money right away. They're not going through college. So the tier of player available or the pedigree of player available is down a little bit. That doesn't mean you can't find the stars. It's just you really are drafting prospects. Yeah. So so Jeff Reuter had an article that he came out with this this past week on the Athletic that talked about how it was it was interesting piece. I should have shared it with you. I'm sorry, but it talks about how teams use their MLS picks. Uh, and he put out this this interesting stat, and I think it speaks to the kind of the stuff that we've talked about, right? Like you, we we joke about how you know there was even today teams traded for picks and then like passed, right? Like they like traded for a third round pick and then just were like, nah, I'm good. Uh, yeah. So it says, uh, uh, perhaps the biggest takeaway from this exercise, players don't stay with teams for the full rookie contracts terribly often. In fact, out of the 237 picks made across the 2017, 18 and 19 in- installments of the draft, just 35 players remain on rosters, of the teams who selected them. So that means 14.8% of all super draft picks across those three years are backed for third, fourth, or fifth seasons with the first club heading into 2021, right? So whereas like we talk about how like the draft is the backbone of every NFL team and you know, it is like, I mean, for all the leagues, right? Like it just isn't really for MLS. It's almost like a, it's, it's a lottery ticket to see if a guy will be successful you know, like, like we talked about, like Hassani Dotson is a, a second round pick, right? 
Like, yeah, or is he an outlier? He's a huge outlier. outlier. And we'll, we'll get to that later. We're going to provide you with some context of our past draft picks and how they worked out. But let's talk about our 2021 draft picks. We have three of them. We traded for two of them. So it was a pretty entertaining draft if you watched it. James, you want to do the honors? Yeah, so we uh, we traded with the NYC FC for pick number 17 in the first round. Right, because we went into the draft. We had, sorry, I should have said this earlier. We had the 25th overall pick and we had the 38th overall pick. Yeah, so we were like basically at the end of the first round because we did so good. Uh, in the in the playoffs, uh, and we had the thirty eighth because we had already traded it before, but we we traded up to seventeen. Uh, we gave up fifty k in gam, cool, uh, plus a conditional twenty five k in gam, also cool. Uh, we and we picked Justin McMaster, Wake Forest. Uh, he's a winger dual citizen of uh, the US and Jamaica, uh, previously in Philly system. And uh, the conditional with the GAM is that he plays 25 games in the next two seasons. What do we think, guys? Well, like Justin and I, we, prior to the draft, we watched hours of film on Justin McMaster. Uh, Just hours and hours and hours of film. And... Justin, I don't know about you, but I would say he's an intriguing pick. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. <laughs> uh, but I, I did not know anything about Justin McMaster other than the fact that he has a fantastic name. But I did watch. Oh, it right. What's that? Can't spell it right. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm the weirdo. He had a great YouTube video and I sent it to these guys. So I don't think they watched it, but that's okay. Hopefully they watch it in the future. The guy is the guy, the guy plays very similar to Molino. And I think that they said that on the broadcast is that he can look to be maybe not like obviously not right away, but like long-term a similar type of player uh, to be a guy out at the wing that can make plays. And, and he's a great dribbler, super fast. I think they said, I, and I can't find anything online like any of these players it sounds like he may have had an injury that kind of, that may have stunted his, his stock a little bit. So we might be getting like a a little bit of a deal on him. Yeah. And in the broadcast, in the MLS broadcast, they said is he's all good. Now he's all recovered. Um, Did he have a FIFA rating or anything, or is it too early for that? He's not on a team in FIFA yet. So he does not have a FIFA rating, Sam. So we have, and you know, know it's going to be trash. You know, it's going to be trash because your boy Hassani has got like a 56 right now. Oh, Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they uh, the MLS site said if he's healthy and back to his best, he could create havoc as an option on the wing. Ooh, I like the sound of havoc. He's cool. a, he's it's it's beautiful. So watch that YouTube video, people. Look him up, Justin McMaster highlight film. It's good stuff. Looks looks like a good player. But like I was saying to these guys, I have no idea. They they kept talking about how good the ACC was. Um, I don't know how quality that is as a league, right? So, like, he might just be playing against bums uh, for all we know. But, <laughs> but it'll be nice to see what it, what he does when he plays against MLS talent. Cool. So that was pick 17. What happened next? Yes. So then we traded again with Toronto, pick 18, 
Uh, we gave up our 25th overall pick in the first round uh, and 50K in GAM. And we drafted Nabile Kubongushi, who is a dual citizen of the US and Kenya. Uh, played for UC Davis uh, as a centre-back, centre-mid. And uh, MLS.com or MLSsoccer.com said uh, he has what it takes to make the roster, especially if he shows he can play as both a defensive mid and central defender in the MLS. Well, and I, I like that Heath was saying that they rated him as a top 10 player. So our guys obviously like him. When we're picking this late into the first round, I'm really looking for players to make the roster. And so to hear Heath say that he rated him as a top 10 player, that gets me excited. Yeah, six foot three is a big dude. Um, I watched his YouTube video a little bit shorter. Uh, also different. I've never watched a highlight tape of a center back before. So that was that was quite interesting. A lot of moments where he bailed out his keeper. So that was that was fun to watch. I mean, obviously, that's probably a sign of of quality. Um, I'm trying to look the name up, but it sounds like his coach that made him become a center back has uh, Minnesota United ties. Conrad is the last name. I thought I saw that on Twitter today. I probably should have prepared this a little bit more, but we're recording a few hours after the draft and we Jimmy were Conrad? while the draft was going. So like, yeah, <laughs> or at least I was working. I don't know if you were, but I think it was like Jimmy Conrad. So I read that on Twitter that he, that was his coach that converted him to become a center back. And he just, he just, he looked super athletic, you know? So that's awesome. It's awesome to see that they thought he was, so highly touted and, and he has some position versatility, which we've learned that this club appreciates. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys like basically when they also picked the player, there was a little bit of video uh, during the draft. And yeah, I like you, I, I'd never seen a center back highlights video, but it's essentially just him tackling a bunch of guys uh, and clearing the ball, uh, which yeah, seems to be a good thing. I feel so. Yeah. Also, interesting fact, born on the 1st of January. Oh, nice. So that's one of those, like, super weird birthdays. But, yeah, has, like, a ton of career highlights. Like, Western Conference first teams, preseason conference teams, like, number 17 top 100 freshmen back in the day, the U.S. soccer coaches, all far West region second team, like a product of the Sacramento Republic Academy. Like, yeah, there's a lot there. I guess so. maybe the knock against him or what maybe held him back a little bit is he is 23. I looked it up and he's actually, he's like the same age as Hassani Dotson, right? You know, so it's like, and he's just getting drafted this year. Um, so maybe that didn't help. Uh, also played in the under 19s for the U.S. national team. So he had uh, two appearances, uh, the under-19s, uh, which is good because that's a brilliant segue into the last pick, uh, which was pick 38. So we got pick 38 when we traded uh, Mason Toy to the Montreal Impact in October. They got Toy, and we got the second-round pick and 600K in GAM. So considering we spent like one-sixth of that to get these two other guys... Seems like a good deal. And we we traded um, 50K of GAM just like the 17th overall pick is essentially what? Between 50 and 75K in GAM. You know, like that's yeah. the most we're going to spend on that pick. And Mason Toy got 600K. Yeah. And like the 18th pick, we spent 50K. So at the max, it's 125 out of the 600. Uh, and we drafted Sean O'Hearn from Georgetown. 
uh, a left back, also played for the under 19s UN's men's national team, one cap. It all counts. I watched his YouTube video and he reminded me a lot of uh, Chase Gasper, just a very gritty player. Um, I think like the first highlight is him like decking a dude. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of fun. Like just shouldering a guy and knocking him down. Kind of weird that he's a left back, but like he's definitely right footed. And I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's more common than I think it is. But it, that was seemed kind of interesting to me. Like a, he would he would turn his body around to cross balls instead of kicking with his left foot. Yeah. And MLS soccer said Georgetown left back Sean O'Hearn may have the best chance of making the roster from preseason as a backup to Chase Gasper. And what I was saying to Sam was the dude is only like 145 pounds. So might need to put some bulk on to uh, shoulder out some forwards, I think. So I don't normally like to quote what the coaches say in articles, though Adrian Heath sometimes makes it hard because he says good stuff. And so <laughs> like this line. <laughs> what, what he said about him was, his coaches told me he's the toughest bastard they've had. Now, I, I lived in England for a little bit. So if an English person tells me that someone's a tough bastard, I believe that they're a tough bastard, right? Like, Oh, yeah. This guy will probably like break three fingers and still want to go out there and play, you know, like dislocate your knee, pop it in, put me out there, coach. I'm, I'm ready. Especially a 145-pound tough bastard. I'm excited to meet this kid. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited. I think... Uh... I think it'd be quite good. It's, so basically what they're saying is they think all three can make the roster, uh, which is pretty exciting. And the MLS uh, MLSsoccer.com rated everyone, like every team on their draft. And uh, we got a B. B's fine. What's the curve? I don't know what we could have done to get an A, but I'm happy with a B. Like who's grading? Like is this like when I'm a teacher and I give out report cards and everyone has like – at least a B or maybe an A, or is it like when Justin gives out report cards and there's F's and D's and C's and B's and C's or <laughs> A's and all that? Like, who's grading? Were there a lot of uh, other B's, or were we like, was it a proud B, or was it like a good <laughs> try? Whoa, 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 we're not, we're not, we're not down with the proud B's here. We are not down with not, the proud B's, Sam. There, there were definitely B minuses and C's, like. Quite a few C's. Were there any D's? No. C about C plus was the worst it got. I think there were five, six clubs with a C plus. See, this sounds like me grading. This doesn't sound like Justin grading. Like I'm not going to let this moment pass, Sam. Do I have to call Nate on here and tell him that you're down with the proud bees? Antifa, Nate, if oh. you find out that you're down with the proud bees. No, we're not. We're- <laughs> I'm talking about the letter grade, Justin. Like, I'm I'm missing something here. Proud Boys <laughs> is like a far right group here in the United States. Uh, right. uh, okay. It's 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 an American thing, James. You don't understand it. You you don't live in the high class society that we do, um, where we insurrect our capital. It's <laughs> <laughs> there was one club that got an A plus. Who was that? If that puts it some perspective, Philadelphia Union bastards. What made them get it? Basically traded a bunch of picks for allocation money and signed some kids. (laughs) Seems good. Right on. I mean, we got the same draft score as Austin. They had the mainly because Austin. Yeah, mainly because Austin didn't pick Philip 
Mayaka. Didn't Austin have two both their picks before our first pick? Like they had two first yep. rounders, right? Before we even had our first they pick eleven as well. Yeah, they picked uh, Freddie Kleeman, who's a defender. And then they also had a pick like almost immediately after us too at twenty one. I saw it was it was kind of crazy. Like they interviewed the kid that got picked first first overall, and he's like, "I had no idea." It's like, how did they not? What? Like, did they? What? It was like, so surprised. Like I remember reading about this in the extensive research that we did, right? The two weeks of research that we did, uh, and like that guy from Clemson was it Clemson? No, not Clemson. Was it Clemson? Yeah. Like he was, they were like, this is the first surefire number one pick, like number one overall that we've ever had. Like, <laughs> and they didn't, and neither did number two. The second pick was just like, they probably were like frozen. They were like, we didn't even know this was possible. I mean, we have to pick yeah. the guy we thought we were going to pick. <laughs> yeah. So Cincinnati actually didn't need a midfielder. That was their thing. God. Like Cincinnati really needed a forward. So they went with Calvin Harris. Great name. Great name. I was I had I, I was telling these guys I, I had a lot of plans for if we picked him somehow. Man, I had plans if we'd picked uh, Danny Trejo. Or uh, Mitch Guitar. Did you see Mitch Guitar got drafted? <laughs> oh, so many great names. I mean, we could have had another Dodson on the team. Uh Dodson, Dodson. Somebody had a hyphenated hyphenated name, and I don't know what the first name was, but the second hyphen was ketchup. Like for real, there was like a hyphen ketchup name. I gotta look this up. Okay, you look that up, <laughs> and I'm gonna give people some context on what to expect from these picks because we we now have four years of precedent in the MLS as far as how our draft picks work out. So let's go over kind of year by year. I'll tell you first, our, our first rounders, our second rounders, and then anyone that else has come up after that. And you can kind of have a little bit of context, okay? So Minnesota United has four former draft picks currently rostered. Three were from the same year. And so far in our history, we have had eight draft picks make an appearance for Minnesota United. So let's go over it. Quick question before you start that. How many picks have we made in total? I don't know. Because we we make a lot of picks that we never hear from again. Or we make some picks that we never hear from again. They're never signed with the team. We definitely have a history of second round picks, third round picks, not actually being signed by the team. Usually our first round picks are signed. In fact, I can't think of a first round pick that hasn't been signed. But most of our second and third round picks are not signed with the exception of, of one example. Uh, I think there was an, actually, I have another example too, but never made an appearance. So 2017, of course, we took Abu Dinladi first overall in the entire draft. He made 67 appearances and 11 goals for Minnesota United. And he was taken from us by Nashville with the second pick of last year's expansion draft. We did not protect him. Since then, he's made 17 appearances and two goals for Nashville. 2018 draft picks. Mason Toy was taken seventh overall. 42 appearances and seven goals for Minnesota United. Also spent some time on loan for Colorado Springs and Ford Madison. We traded him last season to Montreal, and he has since made six appearances after starting with them in the middle of the season. Wyatt Onsberg was taken with the 15th pick. He made seven appearances for us. 
He spent some time on loan with Tulsa and forward Madison. We traded him last year to Chicago Fire, and he made five appearances for Chicago Fire. Both Toy and Amsberg still in the MLS. That brings us to Carter Manley, also taken in the 2018 draft in the first round. He was taken 23rd overall. He made nine appearances for Minnesota United. He spent some time on loan for Las Vegas and Madison, and he's currently playing in the USL Championship, so he is out of the MLS. This brings us to 2019, probably one of the best drafts of all time in MLS history. Dane St. Clair, seventh overall, 13 appearances for Minnesota United, spent some time on loan for Madison and San Antonio. He's going into the season. We all predict him to be our number one goalkeeper. We also took Chase Gasper at pick number 15. We traded up to get him. He has since made 33 appearances and one goal for Minnesota United. He even has one U.S. men's national team cap. In that same draft, we took Hassani Dotson, which we'll get to when we're reviewing the second round. 2020, Noah Billingsley, we took 18th overall. He's made one appearance with us late last season. Most of last year, he was on loan with Las Vegas. He also has three New Zealand caps, so the, the jury is still out on Noah Billingsley. Second round history. Guys, the only player that has made appearances for us in the second round of the four years is Asani Dotson, who we took 31st overall. That's his number on the back of his jersey. He made 42 appearances. He has made 42 appearances and has scored five bangers for Minnesota United. And he is still our only second rounder to ever make an appearance for the club. In fact, there is only one other second rounder to even make the roster. And that was Tomas de Viarde from 2017. I don't even totally know if I said that right because I had never heard of this guy because he never played a game. He made our roster, but he never played a game. And as far as the third and fourth rounds, sometimes we make those picks. Sometimes we pass, but no player from the third or fourth rounds has ever made our roster. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know why there is a third and fourth round, to be honest. You guys were, you mentioned it before, like trading, picks and then passing like so what I was looking at was Columbus passed on their third round pick this year which they traded their goalkeeper John Kempen to DC United just like straight for the pick so essentially DC United gave up nothing and got a goalkeeper (laughs) so like I'm just I just don't get why the third and fourth exists to be honest I mean I'm sure as it goes on the third and fourth will become like when there's more depth and there's more talent, I think third and fourth will become better. Well, and more teams besides ours have USL affiliations. So I think if you have that USL pipeline, I think that could make it more valuable. I'm not going to lie and say I went into a lot of research on what happens to third and fourth round picks of the MLS draft. But I could see those picks being more valuable, being more worth your while if you owned clubs in the USL. Yeah, I agree. So something something uh, that Jeff Reuter talks about in that article is that it is 
you know, and obviously it's nice to hear this, right? Because we're fans, but like that 2019 draft for us is considered to be the best draft in the last like four years for any club, right? So to have, you know, the, so that's us getting Dane St. Clair, like our starting goalkeeper. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Getting uh, Chase Gasper starting left back and getting um, getting Hassani Dotson, like our, our prior most important sub off the bench or like second best important sub, right? Like that's so interesting to me, just like, cause it's like, you know, all I know is our team. So it's interesting to hear that that's kind of a known thing, that that was a really good draft, you know, that, so like, it's not very common for a team to have three guys that contribute, you know, from a draft to their team. Well, and all three of those players, right? Like Dane St. Clair is in the picture for the Canadian national team. Chase Gasper's already gotten his cap. Hassani Dotson just got his call up to camp. Like all three of those players. And I'm not necessarily expecting Hassani Dotson and Chase Gasper to be, you know, keystones of the U.S. men's national team going forward. But all of them are getting looks from their national team. And I see them being big members of this team for years to come, right? Like I feel like that if 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 I was going to buy a jersey, Sam, you know, and this is the guy wearing the Calvo jersey right now. I would get myself a Hassani Dotson jersey. I was going to get the Hassani Dotson jersey. I called <laughs> Hassani Dotson. But like, I feel like those guys are going to be on this team. Maybe not Dane. I bet. I bet Dane's gone in a couple of years. Uh, but Hassani and, and and Chase, I could see them being around for years to come. Yeah, I mean, they they talk about Dane Callum Williams. I'm a big fan of our broadcast crew. Callum Williams talks all the time about the possibility of Hassani Dotson going overseas eventually as well. They're talented young players. You don't know if they'll be with you long-term. You enjoy them while you have them, right? Yes. And Hassani Dotson jersey will be a way cooler thing than my Calvo jersey. Even if, if, if Hassani Dotson goes and plays in Europe, that's a sweet jersey still. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, I did some searching all the way back through the MLS drafts, like starting in 2017, to try and find any player in the fourth round that did anything. Um, and I found one. So actually, there's two. So one played like six games for Chicago or something. But there's the 77th pick in the 2017 MLS draft was Jack Elliott to the Philadelphia Union. And he has played 98 appearances and scored six goals for them. Oh, wow. And still plays. So he's the be- he's probably the, the best late round pick ever then. Yeah, I mean, youth career at Fulham. So clearly could play. So, Minnesota United, I know you're listening. These third and fourth round picks, they don't really matter. Instead of not- passing, please just pick me. You don't have to sign me. <laughs> Just might pick be me out of the University of Wisconsin, <laughs> Eau Claire. Just, just pick me. Like, we'll we'll take a few pictures. I'll I'll post something on social media. Like, it would mean the world. Okay, it'll mean the world. Like, I'm a selfless public school teacher, and just pay it forward. All right, that's all I'm saying. You can take Justin too if you have another pick, but. <laughs> do you think they take me and like fly me over for like the shirt and stuff? You didn't go to school in America. You can't you can't be drafted. 
Wait, what? That's not how it works, right? Yeah, they're all there. It's the they're from colleges. Oh man. Suck <laughs> <laughs> <Back to> jams. <laughs> God. Oh, oh man. man. Wait, so like people went to college in the US. Man, that's crazy. Cool. Well, hey guys. So that concludes draft day. Wanna quickly play what are you drinking before we log off? This was inspired by, I went to two different breweries uh, over the past week. I went to, so I, I live in the West Metro. I went to both LTD Brewery in Hopkins, picked up a couple of Crowlers, and I went to the new one, Loose Line, spelled L-U-C-E, in Plymouth. It's right off the bike trail. Also picked up a couple of Crowlers. I don't have any of those Crowlers left, so I... I'm not drinking either of those breweries, but that was what inspired playing What Are You Drinking at the end of this episode. I will say I gave away, I bought two crawlers at each brewery and I gave away two of them. So that's partially why I don't have any more left. But what are you drinking, Justin? Uh, not beer. I, ju- I finished a Jamaican rum and Coke. It was delicious. I was drinking... Shout out to my good buddy, Tyler. He just got engaged and I'm going to be a groomsman in his wedding. And he gave me a bottle. I had never heard of this brand, but they're out of Milwaukee. It's called Soul Boxer. And they make a pre-mixed brandy old fashioned. It's been pretty good. He also gave me a nice kind of kind of a wedge, wedged ice glass to go with it. It's been delightful. Hashtag not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. No, <laughs> no. Like, I'm sure this distillery, whatever they are, you. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they're fine. Like, I'm sure that they're fine. But the Loose Line Brewery in Plymouth and LTD in Hopkins, that when I lived in Hopkins, I would go to LTD all the time. Loose Line is much newer. They, they weren't in existence prior to COVID. So I've never been there besides to pick up growlers. It looks like a really good time. Just support your local breweries, guys. Let's make sure that they're here because Justin and I are both about to get the vaccine sometime in the next two months. And as soon as I get it, I want to go to some breweries. So keep these babies open, all right? Sam's going to be that guy. You too can become a sponsor. What's that? You can become a sponsor. And you too can become a sponsor of a uh, Pot on Your Loons episode. Sam, are you going to become one of those people that you get vaccinated and then you're going to be like, I'm not wearing a mask. I got the vaccine. I'm better than you. I got that. I've got rights. (laughs) (laughs) You're marching to your local brewery. Growl at me now. You're going to bring around that sheet of paper that says you're vaccinated to show everyone. Nice stuff. Jump in and hold it up with a middle finger. Well, I'm drinking uh, Johnny Walker and Coke, actually. Oh, this is pretty late good. in the night for you, James. Wow. I know. You do what you can when I have to talk to you two. That's, that's no, true. Kidding. Having to discuss the football with a couple of Yanks. The football. Yeah. All right, guys. Time for us to go. This is a good episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe. Review us, hopefully a five-star review, and give us a follow on the social medias, at Podloons on Twitter and Facebook, at PodloonsMN on Instagram. 
the account that James runs, but he never updates. Give us a follow. It'll mean the world to us. We appreciate all of you. And we love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out if you ever want to get in touch. But guys, until next time, pot on you loons. I hope you enjoyed Giraffe Day. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. Peace.